Hello and welcome to another comedy ramble. This time, um, instead of jokes, there's my dog there, Ooh, Gina, Rosie over there somewhere. Yeah, instead of telling jokes, today I'll uh, impart a story about a childhood holiday I had at Butlins. Every year I went on holiday to a, well, to a holiday camp and at the age of 12 I was incarcerated at a well-known Butlins Detention Centre in Skegness, which is in Lincolnshire. Hang on, let's jump down here. Oh, right. So, what's the best way to uh, to describe a Butlins holiday camp? Really? Oh, God, I just slipped then. Oh, okay there, Gina. Yep, no bones broken, jolly good. Yeah, so how would you describe a Butlins holiday camp? Well, it's kind of like a small town. Built out of brightly coloured apartments and entertainment centres. There's a huge fence around it as well, with security guards at various points. Uh, you know, you could say that's the, to keep people out, but also it looks like it's to keep people in, maybe. And I could never work that out. Anyway, a Butlins offers a cheap holiday where meals will be provided in a dining hall, and the entertainment all laid on as part of the package. Uh, looks friendly enough, um, almost as idyllic as the village in uh, Patrick McGowan's famous The Prisoner cult series you may have seen. But to me as a kid at times I felt it was more uh, a bit more desperate than that and less idyllic. Kind of reminded me of the huge cesspit of New York, and, you know, in the film Escape from New York. So anyway, there we are, me, my dad, my brother. We'd all get off the train, bundled into a coat with, coach with our suitcases and bags, and then we're taken off to the gates of the camp, where Dad had to produce various documents of authenticity. Like some horrible pastiche of a prison camp, but the irony was lost on me at the time. To me it was simply a holiday, and I was off to enjoy myself, whether I liked it or not. There was another thing that failed me attention at the time as well, the amusing titles given to the camp entertainers. They were called red coats. Well, they were called that because they had red coats, a red blazer, basically. And these were known as Uncle or Auntie, which was followed by the Christian names. You know, so you got Uncle Phil and Hello Auntie, yeah, Phil, Ace, whatever. Uh, that seems just very odd now for a child to go up to a complete stranger and say, Hello, Uncle. You know, it's abhorrent in these times. Well, in these times, you know, it uh, sounds very dodgy, but then... In the early 80s, no one batted an eyelid. We were all innocent, except the guilty ones. So there I was, locked away for a week in a brightly coloured prison camp, and as much as I do try to put it down, which is tradition, uh, you know, I actually quite enjoyed it. You know, you could go swimming, drive go-karts, go to the cinema, there was a kid's theatre. Well, the kid's theatre, that was the best thing I found the genius of comedy that would shape my future. A man known as Uncle Rhubarb. There you go. Oh no, Uncle Phil for him. This one was, you know, the cat's biscuits. How's that for a name? Uncle Rhubarb. No, Uncle Rhubarb. Yeah, what a name. Quite an unusual name for a chap with curly red hair, freckles, a huge red tartan hootsmon okai the new stereotype, Scottish hat, you know, the one with the pom-pom and all that rubbish. And he had a red plain nose. And it struck me as funny, this. Uncle Rhubarb. Now, I always thought Rhubarb was pink or red in colour. Well, pinky. Pinky red, you know. But there was more green than that. 
But he was like, you know, really red her. So he said, Uncle Rhubarb. You know, surely they should have thought of something with more of a red theme, Uncle Tomato. But anyway, I continue. Now, the main question, though, was Uncle Rhubarb any good? Well, he'd entertain me and the other kids with low-class entertainment, poor quality jokes, kind of like man, and second-class magic tricks, followed by bumbling and stumbling on stage, plus the traditional look-out-behind-you routines of pantomime. I've made a few friends, and we all love this Caledonian claim, because, yep, like his hat, he was indeed Scottish, and as stereotypical as they come with his ock and hoots and all that. Anyway, we'd all sit there and we'd watch this fella. We were like some fools enjoying the antics of a juggler or a ventriloquist heard performing on the radio. And we were naive, I'll admit it. You know, we were, we were used to rubbish like this, crackerjack and whatever else were on television. So we applauded everything and we cried out for more. So there we are. Uh, yep, the next instalment. Yes. So we've got me there, and my new chums, you know, kind of a bit like in the Beano. Everyone wants chums, don't they, and pals and friends. Well, you do when you're a kid anyway. You grows up you when you get older, but I digress. So there's me and my chums. And later on in that week, we decided that we'd get an autograph from Uncle Rhubarb. God knows what we thought we were going to do with it. This will be valuable, we thought. Years to come, there will be a thing called eBay. And when Uncle Rhubarb's there in Hollywood, no, we didn't think that at all. That would have been uh, a bit of foresight, really, wouldn't it? But no, we decided that we would uh, go and get his autograph. So merrily, we trotted off to hunt down his apartment, or a chalet. It's very posh, that, doesn't it? It's chalet. And like amateur Columbo's, we could not be deterred from our investigation. And eventually, we found his chalet. It was well away from the rest of the camp round the back of the kitchens and looked, well, rustic, um, well, kind of lived in, really. Rubbish cast all over the front lawn. And a rusted deck chair stood on sentry by the open door. And there's music blurring out from within. We were mortified. How could they give such a hovel to this great man? Surely should be in some mansion, not this pigsty. Urged on by my new friends, because, you know, I'm always the one who gets pushed into these things. I shouted it through the door. Uncle Rhubarb! Uncle Rhubarb! We think you're great! Can we have your autograph, please? There came from within a low growl. What do you mean a low growl, they cry? Like this growl. No, no, not exactly like that, but... Uh, you know, whatever, that type of thing. And we thought, what the hell's going on? This is too much like Red Riding Hood. Has he been eaten by a wolf? We hope not, so I called in again. Uncle Rhubarb, we're all waiting outside for you. Can we have your autograph, please? And out came the strangest of responses. Go away and fight yourselves, you wee shites. I'm no coming out. Go away. Now, I'm not going to translate that. Anyone what wants to know what that means, subtitles available. See facts, page 888. I'll just look up a few swear words in the dictionary and translate it slightly. Anyway, to add insult to injury and make it even more stereotypical, like something from uh, the Heidi Eye Punch and Judy Man, uh, you know, classic television programme, an empty whiskey bottle came flying out, obviously his lunch, and uh, didn't hit anyone because, well, you know, that would have added insult to injury. Anyhow, uh, we kind of concluded from this that no, he hadn't been eaten by a wolf, perhaps the whiskey fumes had driven it away. And we beat a hasty retreat. 
And so, life went on, and we carried on with our holiday, all remaining friends and having a jolly old time and a good laugh together, although we had mixed feelings about comedy and claims from then on, and we didn't go to see Uncle Rhubarb again. And even today, many years ago, I can only watch Slapstick if it's performed in black and white, such as the likes of Laurel and Hardy, particular favourites of mine, because if I see the genre shown in colour, I might see red somewhere along the line. It would make bring uh, Uncle Rhubarb back to my mind. Even though the man was utterly rubbish, he still lives on in my memories years later. And good or bad, it's, well, just another piece of junk that's cluttering my mind. So, I thought I would share that with you. And butlins, I believe, still exist today. Or, of course, if you were posher, you would go to the other version, which was pontins. And they weren't red coats, they were blue coats. Uh, same kind of stuff, really, but... No. Different colour scheme. At the end of the day, I'm colour blind, so it doesn't really matter that much to me, anyway. Red, blue, yellow, pink, green... Oh, we can go through the whole spectrum. But, instead of that, I shall leave you here with a last view. This is uh, Belmont, a little place you've just seen, Hay Reservoir. And various bits and bobs. There's me, Gina there, my Kern Terrier, and Rosie, my Border Collie. I've had yet another walk, I've shared another